You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 582 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland, coming to you live on a Thursday evening. And uh, you might remember if you listened to the last podcast with Chris Stone of Sporting News that I said I was not going to be recording until next week unless something happened. Well, something happened. Um, it is worth noting that uh, that podcast with Chris is a good one. It's about an hour long. It covers a bunch of NBA draft stuff, and it's still very, very relevant right now considering all the picks that the Hawks are going to have after the trade that took place on Thursday afternoon, reported by Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN. Torian Prince is headed to Brooklyn along with a 2021 second-round pick from Atlanta that's going to be unprotected, actually, in exchange for Alan Crabb, the 17th pick in the 2019 draft in just a few weeks here, and a lottery-protected first-round pick in 2020. Lots of moving parts to this particular trade, and uh, by the way, it's worth noting that this trade cannot be announced formally by the Hawks until after the draft, and until really after free agency starts, until after the moratorium ends, it's going to be about July 6th before the Hawks can even acknowledge this trade, so don't be waiting on a formal announcement here. I can confirm this, that, that this deal is going to be happening, and uh, when, when Woj reports something, it's going to happen, um, and it is going to happen. This deal is one of those uh, trademark deals that just has to wait until the league year rolls over because it wouldn't work under the salary cap until later on, but it's going to happen, so don't, don't, don't have any fear there. A um, couple of clarifications. Uh, the, lottery pr- the lottery pick protections that are coming for that 2021 2020 pick that's coming for from the Nets um, per Zach Lowe. The Hawks will be getting that pick lottery protected for 2020. If that if the Nets were to miss the playoffs next season, which is not terribly likely, but it's certainly possible, it would become a 2021 lottery protected pick. Same in 2022, and then it becomes two second rounders if it does not convey by 2022. So, all that to say, this is a salary dump slash. Um, talent acquisition for Brooklyn. Um, they obviously worked, wanted to get off Alan Crabb's contract in pursuit of some free agents, including Kyrie Irving, reportedly. And for the Hawks, this is an asset accumulation move. Uh, they, move they move off Torian Prince. We'll talk about that a little bit in a moment. A uh, guy who's been re- frequently um, posited to be on the trade market over the last you know six months to a year. And then, of course, they add assets with an, another you know mid-first-round pick this year, definitely, and then the, the potential for a decent pick next year or beyond that. So, uh, obviously, you know, top-line thoughts here for me before, before we dive deeper is that I like this trade for the Hawks. I think it makes I think it makes a lot of sense on a number of levels. And by the way, it's one of those deals that makes sense for, for both sides because Brooklyn obviously has high aspirations for their for their cap space, but at the very least, they add a player in Prince that has value, and they don't give up too, too much. And honestly, the 2021 second round pick from the Hawks could have some value as well. So we'll talk more about that as we get going here, but that is the top line of what transpired on Thursday, and we will now dive, di- dive deeper into what happened here. So on Atlanta's side, Obviously, the piece that's going out um, as a centerpiece going to Brooklyn is, is Torian Prince. Uh, I talked about Torian Prince quite a bit on this podcast since the podcast actually started. He's been around for the for all 581 episodes to this point in time. Lots of Torian talk. If you're if you're a returning listener, you would certainly know how I feel about Prince. Um, just for my Cliff's Note, Cliff's Notes version, though, Prince is a an intriguing player. He's not as young as people might think he is. You know, it's only his uh, you know third year in the league slash fourth in year fourth year in the league next year. He's 25 years old, which is not old by any means but he's certainly not terribly young at this point in time and he's been kind of a frustrating player um, for those of us that watch him every single night Um, Prince is a talented guy he was a former lottery pick I like that pick when it happened 
and uh, he performed at that level, basically. Uh, you know, he, he was someone who, over the last two seasons, shot about 39% from three. That is extremely valuable in today's NBA at his size at 6'8". Um, Prince has defensive foibles. You know, he came into the league as a defense-first kind of prospect and uh, showed a little bit of that as a rookie. But the last two years, um, simply put, he's been a bad defender. Um, that's not necessarily meaning that he has to be a bad defender moving forward, but he's not the best athlete in the world. He does have decent size, obviously, at about 6'8", like 220, 230. But... Prince has been a disappointment defensively, and that's been kind of maddening and to some degree. Still, the shooting on real volume is uh, really valuable, and uh, Jeff Siegel, good friend of the program, wrote a, wrote a, wrote a good long piece about um, Torian's trade value perceived in April, and uh, I've long thought that he was going to get a first-round pick if the Hawks were to trade for him, and they b- basically did that here. Um, so the, the Nets are getting someone who, in a supporting role, could help them quite a bit. He's going to become a free agent, though, at the end of next season. That's kind of the big thing here, in addition to the fact that Prince was not drafted by Travis Schlenk, he is going to be a free agent after the season, albeit restricted, but um, this is kind of the summer you have to decide on Torian Prince, and clearly they decided to trade him and get some assets in return and ex- instead of um, paying him in the form of an extension. They could have negotiated an extension this summer or paying him next summer. So I'm all about that. If you want to uh, capitalize on a player, you know, if, 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 the, if the plan was not going to be to resign Prince to any kind of contract next, next summer, then go ahead and trade him now. Obviously, restrictive free agent can be really valuable for the team and that the cost can kind of go down sometimes. But every once in a while, you've got a Tim Hardaway Jr. situation like a couple years ago where a team violently overpays. You can't match that because the deal is just so bad, but then you have to let him go without getting any compensation. So with Prince, you avoid all that drama. You get a quality asset in return, actually two assets in return here. We'll talk more about that in a minute. So, you know, farewell Torian Prince. Obviously, he had some highs and lows. You know, the end of two seasons ago when he was kind of the go-to guy for about two months when Dennis Schroeder got injured, it was a bad basketball team, but he had some high moments there and as a scorer as a shooter he actually has been pretty decent over the last two seasons and um, we'll see if he's sort of a change of change of scenery guy I think the talent is real there and obviously you know if he can start playing defense again and maybe uh, more be more of a supporting piece offensively and kind of view himself that way be really helpful and I think he could be a guy who uh, improves in, in Brooklyn but all that to say Torian is going to be heading to Brooklyn and uh, the rest of this uh, podcast will be focused on what happens with the Hawks moving forward but you know it's one of those things you kind of capitalize on the asset and that's what's going to be happening here. Um, As for what the Hawks are going to get back, um, we'll talk about Alan Crabb first because he and Torian were um, the interesting, obviously, real, you know, tangible players in the deal right now. Alan Crabb is actually owed $18.5 million for next season, and that is the reason why Brooklyn's doing this trade. They want to create cap space. Torian Prince is, owed, is actually owed about $3.5 million, so about a $15 million gap between Crabb and Prince in terms of their salaries for next year. Uh, and Torian Prince is better than Alan Crabb. This is a, uh, you know, as, as you might remember from a couple of days ago when, we, when, I, when I discussed the sort of the reporting from Sham Sarania about the Hawks using their cap space to lure um, assets in exchange for bad salary. This is kind of the deal that you might think of that, of that being. Um, in fact, I think it was Bobby Mark. Somebody said this, and I kind, of, I kind of agree with it. You could split this deal up into almost two different deals. Torian Prince for the 17th pick and then Alan Crabb for the uh, 2020 protected pick or whichever, whichever way you want to do that. That's probably the best way to do it for me. And honestly, you know, Alan Crabb, it's not he's not worth $18.5 million, to be sure. He's not a minimum guy either, though. I think, you know, Crabb had a rough season this year. We'll talk more about him later um, on later episodes if he's still on the roster because, of course, the Hawks could, in theory, buy him out, but they, that wouldn't happen for weeks now. So we'll see how that happens in the future and how they evaluate Alan Crabb. But, um, you know, the three, se- the three seasons prior to this year, Alan Crabb was really useful. He had a collective true shooting percentage of actually about 58% or so. 
yeah, 58% over a three-season sample. He's a, a high-level three-point shooter, and as a result of that, he got paid quite a bit. Um, and he's still, and this is actually going to be going into, into year four of a big-time contract. With that said, you know, Crabs. That's kind of it's kind of Crabs' only claim to fame as a as a player is that he's a knockdown shooter. You know, that's kind of the only thing that he does really well. It's a very useful thing to do well. But um, this year, he kind of struggled. You know, he got he got banged up, didn't play a whole lot. 43 games, 20 starts. Didn't shoot it well from two-point range, actually. Had the worst two-point shooting of his career by a wide margin. And uh, as a result of that, his, his overall efficiency dropped considerably in Brooklyn. Um, Crab is still fairly young, though. He's actually 27 years old. That's not that's not crazy like he would be falling off a cliff or anything like that. Obviously, he's not worth $18.5 million. But with that said, I think he's someone who could provide value as a, not value on his contract, but some on-court value as a secondary, you know, bench kind of shooter, kind of shooter type for the Hawks if they want to keep him. If they want to explore a buyout, maybe he would want one. Maybe he wouldn't want another, I guess, be, be traded somewhere else, etc. But for now, the Hawks are basically using their cap space to take on a bad contract and non-crab and get an asset in exchange for that. And that's kind of the way that we discussed that happening a couple days ago. That's not a surprise at all, and that is just part of this contract and part of this uh, trade, I should say. Um, on the market, you know, Crab's probably like a three, four, five million dollar player. Not not a minimum guy necessarily, but not someone who's going to be. So he's obviously, you know, you're talking about 12, 13, 14 million dollars in dead money. That's uh, about what you would think for a first round pick. So no qualms with, with that with that part of the deal, and it makes a lot of sense, frankly. Um, in terms of the logistics here, you know, trading Torian Prince for the 17th pick, for instance, if you want to split this thing up, if you want to do that, or the combined, you know, Prince and taking on the bad salary of $12, $13 million in dead money for two first-round picks, that's good value, in my opinion. Um, I am lower on Prince than the league is, I think, or maybe at least than the, than the Nets are, and I know I'm lower on him than some Hawks fans are, although the last year his value seemingly declined a little bit. Um... I just value defense more, and that's kind of the, the, the split there. Even in the last you know couple of hours since the, since the trade broke, a lot of people that cover the league nationally have described Prince as a 3 and D player and have sort of been more positive about Brooklyn, uh, the Brooklyn side of this. With that said, I do think the Brooklyn side makes sense, just not quite as much because I think my my opinion of Prince is a little bit lower. But I wasn't shocked to see him get a first-round pick, and that's a good asset capitalization for the Hawks. Um, specifically, we'll come back and talk more about the this part, the parts of the trade that we haven't quite covered yet and all the fallout with the draft. But I do want to take a quick second to tell you guys to subscribe to the podcast via the via the Himalaya app. It's uh, it's free. It's easy to use. It's curated by professionals. And uh, you, you, you can find any single podcast that you want to find, whether, whether, whether it be this one or any other that you're searching for. So check out the Himalaya app. Subscribe on that particular app. And today's show is also sponsored by Hotels.com. Please check out please check out Hotels.com. We have a promo code, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and you will hear that in the inserted ad. So please stay tuned for all of that. We'll be back and we'll be back again in just a few seconds with more on the Torian Prince trade. All right, and we're back. Talk more about the blockbuster that took place on Thursday afternoon between the Hawks and the Nets. Um, Taking up, going back to the, into the value perspective, um, it should be interesting to see what happens with a 2020 pick that's going to be coming Atlanta's way from Brooklyn. Originally, it's a lottery-protected pick for for 2020, and uh, basically what that means is if the Nets don't make the playoffs, then uh, they will keep their pick. If they make the playoffs, they will send the pick to Atlanta, and um, you know obviously it will come down to whether the what the Nets do this summer. Even then, though, Brooklyn made the playoffs this year, and you know, realistically, they could be getting in, in the market for Kyrie Irving. They have some cap space to spend. They should be better, honestly, on paper next year than they were this year. And if they make the playoffs, that pick's going to be coming. That gives the Hawks another first rounder for next year, in addition to their own pick and the potential of the Cleveland pick that could be coming. Um, so, obviously, just adding to the war chest of assets. If you are Travis Schlenk, and that makes a ton of sense. You know, I would say more than likely that pick that pick that pick conveys at this point in time. Obviously, a lot can change in the next couple of months, but for 
now. I will project that pick to to convey in 2020. We'll see where it, where it lands, and I'll we'll definitely cover that more as we get into the summer and see what the what, what the Nets roster is going to look like. But for now, in early June, I would say that's likely to convey. Um, elsewhere, I guess the fallout, the biggest fallout aside from all the print stuff and just the fact that the Hawks ha- have a, a pretty big need to fill now at the small forward position is the draft. And the Hawks have now three picks in the top 17. They have six picks in the top 44. Adrian Wojnarowski reported actually um, today as part of the fallout for the trade that the Hawks have, quote, been motivated to keep number eight and use number 10 to trade back for a future asset. Now, though, with six picks, the Hawks have flexibility to move up perhaps as high as Cleveland's pick at number five. And uh, he indicates that Travis Schlenk has options, end quote there, from, from Adrian Wojnarowski. So, you know, I'm famously on record as saying that trading up in this draft is not a good idea. With that said, I do understand it a little bit more now that they have three first-round picks. I would still, still, in my mind, stay put or trade down. I understand that that's not going to be popular, but I think just trading up, the value goes away particularly. But if you can go up, for instance, if like for instance, I have Jarrett Culver number three on my board. If they could get Jarrett Culver by trading like eight and 17, I'd be okay with that. Um, he's kind of the only, he's kind of the one guy that I would do that for. Obviously, maybe R.J. Barrett as well, because he's uh, he's certainly in, the, in that tier as well. But I wouldn't be trading up for Cam Reddish or even DeAndre Hunter. They, those guys are a little bit lower for me. I, I think in general, not trading up is the best move. But I think this obviously is set up a little bit. And even with the reporting from Woj here, the Hawks could be trading up. If they don't, though, taking three first round picks not a problem. And then you could flip the second round picks, either trading up on those. That's a little bit more easy to stomach for me or trading out, or looking for players already on the current roster. Lots of things that they can do. We talked a little bit on the last podcast, the last couple of podcasts, about about how the Hawks have so many options in this draft, and now with an, with an additional pick, dead smack in the middle of the first round, they have even more options in this class. Obviously, they're not going to draft six players. You know, we were talking about this previously, but drafting five players was probably not going to happen for the Hawks. Drafting six guys is a non-starter, based on my information that I've heard from Travis Schlink and Lloyd Pearson, etc. I think drafting six guys is not going to happen. If they were to take six picks, it would almost certainly be like two stashes they, they, they do not want to bring in five six rookies that's just not going to happen that, that, that does not mean they're going to trade up in this draft necessarily they certainly could trade up in this draft based on the reporting and just the logistics of having that many picks but basically the Hawks are one of the most interesting teams in the league over the next three weeks now because of all the picks that they have they already had the best draft capital in the whole draft now they have easily the best draft capital in terms of top to bottom you could certainly argue New Orleans with the number one pick is sort of in different tier with, with Zion but that's kind of a foregone conclusion so everybody else the Hawks just have so many assets so if they if they fall in love with a guy they can go out and get them and also at 17 the board opens up a little bit you know for the most part we focused on like four or five six guys that could be there at eight and ten now you're looking a little bit, a little bit deeper into the PJ Washington Grant Williams, Tyler Hero kind of tier, Romeo Lankford, those kind of guys that could be available that probably weren't in the mix for the Hawks um, are now on the board. So I'll be sure to talk about those guys a little bit more in the coming days, considering the Hawks now have that pick in the mid in the mid first round. And actually, we talked about a little a few of those guys with Chris Stone on the most recent podcast. Go back and listen to that if you missed it. But all kinds of possibilities are now open to the point where there are very few players that couldn't be in the Hawks range. It's basically Zion and Morant you can cross off, and that's kind of it. Everybody else, you know, with one trade, the Hawks could probably get to anybody they want to and have that be a responsible pick. So keep that in mind. The board is wide open for Atlanta. A couple of uh, quick hitters here before we get out of here uh, in, in terms of this, of this trade breakdown. I thought it was pretty interesting that Jeff Peterson, the former assistant GM of the Hawks, just joined the Nets staff like two, three weeks ago, and he is you know presumably pretty familiar with Torian Prince and obviously wanted to buy low on him a little bit and to go out and trade for him. So that's something that I wanted to put out there um, quickly. 
also the cast-based stuff for the Hawks here. Um, according to good friend of the program, Jeff Siegel, Early Bird Rights, which is something you should be definitely using as a resource. Early Bird Rights is the best in the business at cap sheet stuff. Um, the Hawks have a maximum now about $26.3 million in cap space after this trade. That assumes the hold for the 17th pick, which is uh, guaranteed money if you make that if you make that draft selection. So they went from uh, you know you know somewhere in the low 40s to now 26 million in cap space. That's not hugely um, impactful. It does take the Hawks theoretically, at least for now, out of the max cap space realm. But if they thought they were not they were not going to have a chance to get Kevin Durant or Kawhi Leonard, it doesn't really mean too much there. And uh, honestly, they have 26 million in cap space. They have six draft picks, and they have 50 million, yes, 50 million dollars in expiring contracts for next year that come off the books in Kent Bazemore, Miles Plumlee, and Alan Crabb. So a lot of flexibility. You know, you you'd be hard pressed to find too many teams in the league that are set up better than the Hawks are right now. That is, it's obviously not without risk because until you form a coherent core that can compete for uh, titles and high-end high -end playoff appearances, it's all um, it's all kind of uncertain. But the Hawks are in a great spot even better now than I at least in my mind that I would argue even with the less cast space for this summer they're in a better spot with the extra pick you know Torian's not on the roster no decision to be made there um, in terms of the draft itself, you have to think that if the Hawks do make a pick or two in the lottery it's going to be focused on the wing and the forward spot. I've been pretty you know pretty urgent and pretty frank in my evaluation that I would be taking and leaning on the forward spots more than center and I think that's even more um, jarring now um, obviously with the lack of a, of a single starting small forward option on your roster you know aside from Kent Bazemore who's played a little bit there is more of a two guard obviously they don't really have that guy without Torian Prince on the roster you know the wing situation for the Hawks is Kevin Herter which is obviously a good thing you have uh, you have DeAndre Bembry you have Kent Bazemore all those guys are better at two than three Prince is the only guy that was more of a three and obviously is pretty much a pure three. Uh, now that he's gone, the Hawks are going to have to sign or draft some small forward types. Um, you know, everybody else is either a free agent like Justin Anderson or just gone. So, you know, it could be the draft. You know, if, if I were to stay put at eight and 10 right now, if you're the Hawks, which may not happen, but it certainly could, I'd be probably taking the two best wing slash forwards available, whether it be Hunter or Reddish or Little or even Seku, draft to whoever you think is the best there. Um, and obviously, we'll talk more about the draft stuff in, in the future. We have about two and a half, three weeks um, to go here. But, you know, it's just one of those, I guess, two weeks exactly from today, as I'm just having that realization here on the air. But, yeah, I'd be leaning even further into that. There's been some notion that the Hawks' biggest need is center. That is no longer the case. Even if you thought that, I never did think that. But even if you thought that, now the team's biggest need is pretty clearly small forward. They don't really have anybody at that position right now. So that's something to keep in mind for the future. Um, I know I've, I've talked about a lot of different topics on the podcast, but just again, big picture here. I like this trade quite a bit. That's this is me offering my opinion now, my own analysis. You know, Torian Prince is certainly a guy who could have a change a change of scenery and be a good player in Brooklyn, but um, it seemed like he, the Hawks were going to trade him for quite a while. Or at least we're evaluating that he was not a Travis Schlenk guy. He was not the greatest fit in the world with this roster aside from his shooting. And uh, obviously, the decision to be make, to be made next summer. Now you have three very interesting draft picks. You have an additional one for next year, which is huge. And, you know, it, it's easy to sort of ignore future assets in the middle of a current draft cycle. But having two first-round picks and maybe even three first-round picks for next year is very helpful as the team continues to try to add to its core. Um, I'm, you know, I would certainly bet that between now and the draft, or at least the end of the draft, the Hawks will make at least one more trade. I would be stunned if they made six picks, which means probably one more trade, maybe even two more trades in the offering. Could mean three more trades. They could be really active in the next two weeks. But for now, this is a... Uh, 
I wouldn't say it's an A++, but it's certainly an A for me. I think I really like this trade for the Hawks. It's a good value. It's not quite an absolute, you know, grand slam in the way that some deals could be, but it's a very, very good. It's an appropriate deal. I think Brooklyn made some interesting decisions here and not a bad trade at all for the Nets, but I love it for the Hawks. They clear, they clear the decks, they add assets, and uh, looking ahead to the future, it's very, very bright for the Hawks. So with that said, there's plenty to discuss. We'll have uh, probably a guest or two on in the coming days to discuss this trade as well as the NBA draft, but please subscribe to this podcast on Himalaya or Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, you know, TuneIn Radio, all those places you like to listen to podcasts. Please leave positive feedback as well. We will be back. If something else happens, we'll, we'll, then we'll break in. But uh, early next week with, with more content, both on, both on this trade and on the upcoming NBA draft. In the meantime, please read our written content at PeachtreeHoops.com where I am the editor-in-chief. And uh, please stay tuned. We'll see everybody later on next week.